Section 19 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Sunday 17. Calm and cold. I preach from Revelations 3, 3 through 5. The people came very late, and my mind was fettered. I will here take the liberty of inserting the following account. A Sketch of the Labors and Travels of Ira Ellis In March 1781, I left my father's house in Sussex County, Virginia, and spent some time with Leroy Cole in Mecklenburg Circuit. This spring and part of the summer I spent mostly with the preachers, and occasionally supplied some vacancies in one or two circuits. About November I attended a quarterly meeting at Rose Creek Chapel, Brunswick Circuit, and from thence was sent as a traveling preacher into Mecklenburg Circuit, being then about twenty years of age. In April 1782 I attended the conference held at Ellis's Chapel, Sussex Circuit. From thence I received an appointment to Pennsylvania Circuit, where I continued six months. The six following months I officiated in the Yadkin Circuit. In the spring of 1783 the conference was again held at Ellis's Chapel, and I received an appointment to Tar River Circuit. After spending two quarters there, I spent the remainder of the year in Roanoke Circuit. In the spring of 1784 I was stationed in Burtick Circuit. Six months I labored there, one quarter in Camden, and the last quarter, excepting the time spent in attending the General Conference in Baltimore, in Portsmouth Circuit. At the conference held in April 1785 at William Mason's, Brunswick County, I was appointed to Philadelphia Circuit. Here I continued nearly one year, spending one-third of the time in the city. In the spring of 1786 I was stationed in Dover Circuit in the state of Delaware, and remained one year. The next year I labored in Kent Circuit on the eastern shore of Maryland. Whilst here I received a letter from Bishop Asbury, informing me that I was stationed for the ensuing year in the city of Charleston, South Carolina. I set out in May and arrived there, and took my station in July 1788. Except one tour of duty of about three months, through the district and state at large, I continued here until February 1790. After this period I was stationed in what was called the Middle or Center District of Virginia, lying between James and Rappahannock Rivers. In this district I remained, and officiated as presiding elder, until the general conference held in Baltimore, in November 1792. James O'Kelly having then withdrawn himself from the Methodist connection, I was appointed to succeed him in the South District of Virginia, which station I filled until November 1795. I then changed my state in life and became located, and so continue to this day. Ira Ellis, Brunswick, Virginia, February 24, 1805. The above-named Ira Ellis being about to travel some distance through the United States on business, Bishop Watcote and myself gave him the certificate, of which this is the copy. To the ministers, members, and friends of the Methodist Episcopal Church in the United States, with our Christian salutations we send greeting. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you through Jesus our Lord. We have thought it proper to recommend our beloved brother, Ira Ellis, to your pulpits and attentions. One that has traveled fourteen years extensively, faithfully, and acceptably. 
nine years he has labored locally, preserving always a good ministerial and Christian character. He hath filled the various stations among us, having exercised the offices of preacher, deacon, elder, and presiding elder. We give him the recommendation we think his standing and services have merited in our connection. He is going upon business of consequence to himself. He may also be as attentive as circumstances will admit to the ministry of the Word of God, at all times and places where he can have a congregation. Given under our hands this 22nd day of February, 1805. Francis S. Berry, Richard Watcote, Brunswick County, Virginia. I desire to render to all their due. Ira Ellis is a man of quick and solid parts. I have often thought that had fortune given him the same advantages of education, he would have displayed abilities not inferior to a Jefferson or a Madison. But he has, in an eminent degree, something better than learning. He has undissembled sincerity, great modesty, deep fidelity, great ingenuity, and uncommon power of reasoning. His English schooling has been good. He is a good arithmetician, and expeditious and ready with his pen. When asked for an account of his travels, he took his pen immediately, and without a recurrence to books or papers, gave it at once. In the conferences and elsewhere, as my secretary, he has been of signal service to me. He is a good man, of most even temper, whom I never saw angry, but often in heaviness through manifold temptations. He is a good preacher, too. Oh, may he finish his life as he hath continued it, faithful and acceptable, and successful in the traveling and local line. Ira Ellis is married to an agreeable woman, who has made him the father of three beautiful, serious little children. Monday 18. We rode away to the high hills, not away, and stopped with Stith Perham. On Tuesday we came to Robert Jones's, on Wednesday to Peter Pelham's, on Thursday to William Ruffin's, on Friday to Sterling Ruffin's, where I preached and then came to Ira Ellis's. On Saturday Brother Watcote preached at the Olive Branch. We visited Matthew Myrick, who was sick. Sabbath 24 I had a most serious talk at the Branch Chapel on Revelations 2, 1-5. We lodged at E. Drumgould's. Monday 25 We rode to John Seward's through the rain. William and Sterling are among the rich, so-called. They had been deistical in their notions, but they appear to be sincere and zealous now. Bishop Coke had been made a blessing to William and his lady. We have passed through Norfolk, Nansemond, Isle of Wight, Surrey, Sussex, Prince Edward, Brunswick, Greenville, and Mecklenburg counties. North Carolina, Tuesday, 26. We directed our course to Salem, chiefly to see Sister Taylor at Howell Taylor's. She is true yoke fellow to Sally Jones. One is gone to rest, the other, confident in God, is suffering on patiently until she is released from her load of painful affliction. On Wednesday we crossed Taylor's Ferry, and rode twenty miles to Edmund Taylor's, the seat of the Virginia Conference. We had rain part of the way. We felt a little serious, thinking our elder children and strong sons would leave us by location and that we should have none but old tottering men, and green, unpractised boys to take care of the plantation. 
but we have a great husbandman, Jesus, and a good God. On Thursday, making preparations for the conference. Friday, March 1. We opened our yearly conference for Virginia at Edmund Taylor's, Granville County, North Carolina. We closed our sitting on Friday evening following. I have so frequently noticed the affairs of conferences, and they are so common, that I will only observe of this, that we added fourteen preachers and located four. Our business we conducted in great peace, and we had preaching as usual. Our increase is 1,900 members. Saturday night. We came to John Owens's and spent an agreeable hour. I was pleased to see Sister Owens. She is the daughter of my old good friend, Daniel Grant. We took horse again and hastened on through the warmth to Dr. R. A. Hollins, making 33 miles. Sabbath 10. I preached upon Isaiah 40, 5. We had many Baptists to hear. It was an open time to me, although I was unwell. Brothers Meade and Bruce exhorted. Monday 11. We came away to Brother Pate's, and then on to Father Chapel's. We lodged with Joel Tucker. Tuesday 12. We crossed Staunton River at Panels Ferry. We called at Mr. Old's to warm and feed, and came on to lodge at Henry Brown's, having made thirty miles this day, and very cold it was. Wednesday 13. I rested, read, and wrote, whilst Brother Meade copied letters narrative of the work of God. We have passed since conference Granville, Pearson in Carolina, and Halifax and Campbell counties in Virginia. I find that nothing so interrupts my communion with God as the cold. I cannot keep my mind fixed when my whole system seems to be penetrated and stiffened with the cold wind. I suppose this will pass for a very long, hard winter. If the spring is backward, the harvest will be late and full. Oh, may there be a great harvest of souls gathered in to God. Virginia, Thursday, 14. We must needs ride to New London. I felt the cold. The wind gave me an influenza. We had a meeting in Dr. Jennings' house. I spoke on Revelations 2, 8-10. through 10. Friday 15. We came to Lynchburg. I did not find my body or mind, or the circumstances of the chapel, or the state of the society, as I wished. We did not lose time. Brother Watcoat spoke at night. On Saturday I preached upon Ephesians 4, 2-6. I was very unwell on the Sabbath day. Brother Watcoat preached and administered the sacrament. At three o'clock I was forced to duty by the wishes of the people. I spoke on 1 Corinthians 6, 1. We had about 1,000 or 1,500 people of the town and country. We lodged with Mr. Wyatt. I felt very willing to move along. On Monday we came to Colonel Meredith's New Glasgow. We were entertained with great friendship and Christian politeness. We were accompanied hither by Lewis Dawson, whose kind attentions it is proper I should acknowledge. The people being gathered at a short warning, Brother Watcoat gave them a sermon. Friday, 16. 
Tuesday, 19. Brother James Floyd led us along with as much attention as he would have paid to his parents. We crossed Pine Creek and Tye River, passing Amherst Courthouse. After dining with William Breedlove, we mounted and pursued our way across the rocky ford of Rockfish. We stopped at Benjamin Payne's. God hath wrought amongst the children of these families. Wednesday 20. We came to Tandy Keys. Here we found more children coming to Christ. I was pleased and cheered to hear from the local preachers the great things God hath done in this circuit. Brother Meade is coming to preside, and I hope he will have a glorious camp meeting in every circuit in the district. Amherst should, by all means, have another preacher. I hear, I see, I feel. The Baptists are under the whip, straining for victory. Bedford is their stronghold. We shall see. I must be going. Although I have a poor, weak, tripping beast, and if she makes a long stumble fifty times a day, I bear it patiently. My mind is in great peace. Glory, glory to God. Thursday 21 We came to Williams's Tavern, dined and passed the elegant seat of Mr. Divers. Thence to Ray's Ford upon the north fork of James River, called Fluvanna. Thence to the north branch of Swift Run. We lodged at Mr. Fretwell's. Three score and ten, and not born again. Wretched old man. At Stonersville on Friday, we called on Dr. Douglas, formerly a traveling preacher, halted an hour, and made for the waters of Rapid Ann, Staunton, Middle, and South Branches. After scaling an arm of the ridge over to Robinson's River, flowing in three branches from the ridge, we came in to lodge with Mr. Glower, a Baptist, who was very hospitable to us. On Saturday we reached T.T.'s upon Hughes's River, and thence continued on to Woodsville, thence to Washington, a small town under the South Mountain in the west of Culpeper County. We have made one hundred miles of these roads in three days. Poor men, poor horses. We are housed with Elias Clark, Esquire, near Chester Gap. Sabbath 24. Having taken cold in my head, I was very unwell. I was merely forced to preach at Pennell's. On Monday we crossed the ridge at Chester Gap, passing the head spring of the north branch of the Rappahannock River. We stopped at Front Royal, or League Town. I preached at three o'clock, and Brother Wycote at night. My subject was Romans 12, 1-2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God. It was observed that the Apostle's form of address was excellent, and particularly directed to the Christian believers, the subjects of grace that the people of the world who lived in conformity to its manners and maxims lived in their proper element. But ye, said our Lord in addressing believers, are not of the world, as I am not of the world, because I have called you out of the world. The Apostle had in view one thing, in two parts, namely, 
the devotion of the whole man, body and soul, to God, without which the man cannot be a Christian, perfect and entire. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. This can only be done by abstaining from all things sinful in practice. We must not only not live in the use of unlawful things, but we must not indulge in the unlawful use of lawful things. It is lawful to eat, but not to gluttony. It is lawful to drink, but not to drunkenness. It is lawful to be married, but it is unlawful for either husband or wife to idolize the other. We ought to make the faculties of our bodies subservient to the worship and service of God, our eyes to see for God, our ears to hear, our hands to be liberal, our feet to move for God, so as to do or suffer. This is reasonable service. And thus occupied, the mercies of God excite us properly, and we are not conformed to this world. That we be renewed in our minds, that all the powers of the soul be given in love and service to the Lord, in conviction for indwelling sin, the repentance of believers, in sanctification, persevering grace, perfect love, and the fruition, perfect and eternal glory. We prove the will of God by this, to be good, to be acceptable to our own souls, and to be perfect in our Christian perfection, holiness, and happiness eternal. Tuesday 26. We came a rugged path to Elijah Phelps's once more. On Wednesday I was busy writing and fitting for conference. Front Royal contains about 60 houses, a Methodist chapel and academy, a mill, and several stores. We lodged at James Moore's. It was very agreeable to have a home, a room, and everything comfortable for a day or two. Our poor horses needed rest, too. Saturday 30. We came to Winchester. I ordered a room fitted for conference with one above the other. On the Sabbath day, I preached. Monday, April 1. We opened the Baltimore Conference, sitting five days in very great order and peace. On the fifth instant it rose. We had seventy-four preachers present. We had preaching day and night, and some souls were converted to God. On Saturday we came to Brother Davenport's. At Charlestown my Sabbath day's subject was 1 Corinthians 6, 1920. We lodged with Mr. Key. On Monday we reached Fredericktown. On Tuesday, Joshua Jones's, Sam's Creek, and on Wednesday, 10, came into Baltimore. Maryland. I have been greatly supported, but afflicted in my breast and heart. It will not last long. I have made, I calculate, 3,850 miles from the 1st of June, 1804, to the 10th of April, 1805. L. M. Combs had refused to take his station. After some alterations were made, he consented to go to Philadelphia. Thursday was occupied in writing letters, etc. On Friday I preached at Old Town. Sabbath day I preached in Light Street. I had a very heavy congregation. I fear the people are preached to death. In the afternoon I visited the Africans. My subject was Ephesians 4, 1-6. through 6. Lord, look upon our city congregations for they are a valley of dry bones. Tuesday 16. I preached at Fells Point, 
it was a time to be remembered. I made my escape from Baltimore, low in religion. At Perry Hall I spent a night. The house, spacious and splendid, was newly painted, and the little grandchildren were gay and playful. But I and the elders of the house felt that it was evening with us. Thursday 18. We came to Northeast and called a meeting. The notice was short. The men were fishing. On Friday we reached Back Creek, Delaware. Very warm and dusty. My mind is in great peace. On Saturday I was at Duck Creek, and on Sunday evening I preached in Dover State House with very little life. In the morning I had an open time on 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18. Delaware, Monday, 22. I wrote to Milford. On Tuesday to Z. Hazards. Rested and came on to Lewistown, where we called a meeting, and preached upon Romans 13, 11-14. I was assisted greatly, and the people were engaged. We lodged at Caleb Rodney's. There may be in Lewistown 120 houses, and about 800 souls. We came thence to Georgetown, the seat of the Courts of Justice for Sussex County, containing about 40 houses. As the court was in session, we were offered the house, and desired to hold our meeting there. The judges and counselors attended, and Brother Watcoat spoke, and I followed upon Psalm 41.10. We had a moving season. Thursday 25. We came on to Carolyn, dined at Caleb Jacobs, and lodged with Thomas Foster. I was gladdened in heart to find that the work of God was progressing in this society. On Friday we came to Brother Fraser's, the fierceness of the wind made Chop Tank impassable. We had to rest a while, and need I had, being sore with hard service. Saturday 27. We crossed at Dover Ferry and came through Gaston to Lebanon, lodging at Brother Brown's. Sunday 28. I preached at Lebanon Chapel, the neatest on this shore. My subject, Isaiah 40, 19-20. We hasted on to Easton. Brother Watcoat preached. Brother Blake gave us lodging. Monday 29. We rode 43 miles through Centerville to Chestertown to meet the Philadelphia Conference. Tuesday 30. We rested and prepared for our work. Saturday, May 4. On Wednesday last, our conference began. One day was occupied with the appeal of Caleb Kendall. On the Sabbath I was called to duty. I spoke on Luke 3, 4 through 6. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. 1. The perception, the sense in which this object is seen. 2. By whom? By all. 3. The provision made for this and the cause of its operation. The love of God. The general atonement the general influences of the Spirit, the number of ministers, and the general commission to preach the gospel to every creature, the number of Christians and praying souls, the hindrances that obstruct the universal and efficacious spread of the gospel. They were diabolical and human. We ordained Elders Boehm, Aikens, Polemus, Wiltbank, Asa Smith, and Benjamin Hiff. Wednesday 8. The conference rose after seven days' close labor. 
We had, as usual, preaching noon and night, and some souls were blessed. Thursday night. We came away to Wilmington and lodged at Collector M. Lane's. Pennsylvania, Friday 10. We reached Philadelphia, 80 miles in two days. Sarah Williams has left 200 pounds to the disposal of Bishop Watcote and myself. We ordered its application to the chartered fund. Thank the Lord. I am happy in the midst of the murmurs of many who are disappointed because I do not meet their strange expectations. Oh, what a wonder if I walk officially straight, when so many would wish me to incline a little to the right or left, as their whims and fancies would lead. Saturday, 11. I prayed, read, wrote, and conversed with friends. Sabbath Day 12. I preached at St. George's Chapel, and again in the Academy. This was a gloomy day, in weather, in the congregation, and in my mind. Monday 13. I preached in the new house at Kensington. I had light and openings. I was continually in prayer, after breakfast, after dinner, after tea or supper. I visited Dr. McGaw. His whole system is shattered, but he has intervals of reason. And although he wants the plenitude of witness of justifying and sanctifying grace, he appears to be full of goodness, full of God. I felt that God was eminently with him. I had confidence and power in prayer for him. New Jersey. We set out for the east on Tuesday morning and came as far as Trenton. I was unwell with fasting and riding, so Brother Watcote preached. Wednesday 15. At Kingston, 15 miles, we fed and started, but a storm drove us into Mr. Henry Gulick's. We again set out, but I was afraid of riding in the rain, and turned in under the roof of a Cornish man by the name of John Rule. Thursday 16. The roads heavy and damp. We came out to Brunswick, dined, and reached Drake's for the night. Next day we dined with Thomas Morrill at Elizabethtown, and lodged with Mr. Leecraft at Newark. New York, Saturday, 18. We were in New York by 8 o'clock. I felt a desire to go to the camp meeting at Mosquito Cove, 30 miles from Brooklyn, on Long Island. Brother Russell took me there. On my journey, I felt as if God had been, and would be, and was, at camp. We arrived about nine o'clock. The Saturday's exercises continued through the night until near the break of day. End of section 19. Recording by Brian Keenan.